0: Well, good evening. Good to see all of you here tonight. If you're a guest, I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored to have you here. And thank you, brothers and sisters. We appreciate you, don't we, folks? We thank God for them every week, every week. Thank you for your faithfulness. Find your place in your Bible. Isaiah 42 is where we're studying these days. We're thinking about the glories of Jesus Christ the Messiah and what the bible has to say about the first coming of jesus and the second coming of jesus also a couple just advertisements here's the uh, the uh, thing that we're talking to you about about family life weekend february the 16th 18th keep your eyes open this is not for children only this is not for teenagers this is for the family all of us all of us and uh, young and old alike so i hope you'll make plans and and mark your calendars and we'll tell you some more about it. It'll be a lot of fun for all the families of our church to be together. And so uh, and then also I have uh, some of you were not with us last week and so I have some other copies for you of those. I'll explain this and give it to you at the end. This is what we use and I'm encouraging you to use in your prayer times. It's an opportunity just for you to speak the names of the Lord back to him in prayer and you'll you'll enjoy it very much. It's an old Peace done by, uh, some of you know his name, Matthew Henry was the commentator. But more than anything, he was a preacher who tried to teach his people to pray. I want to be that same kind of man. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your grace and Your mercy to us. We thank You for Your kindness. Uh, As our sister sang, I know You love me. What What is it that's more joyful than knowing the love of God? What is it that's more securing? What is it that's more assuring than to know that You love us? May the love of God be seen and experienced by all of my friends who are here tonight. We pray these days for our church this month that we might, we might say to You, Heavenly Father, we thank You for all the spiritual blessings that You have given to us in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Thank You for those heavenly blessings given to us every day of our life. Forgive us if today we forgot about those blessings. Forgive us today if we've been so wound up and busy and going and, and uh, in a flurry and a hurry that we've forgotten You, and lost track of You and what You're seeking to do in our life. We pray that You might forgive us of our sins and as the Word of God teaches us that we might put aside our sins so that we can hear Your Word tonight and receive it. Every one of us in this room must, needs to receive Your Word so that we might live for You. So we thank You for the sweet fellowship we have in Jesus and we pray that You would bless our time now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we're going to just look at a few verses here to just get our minds back around this. Isaiah 42, God is speaking. He says in verse 1, Behold my servant. He's speaking about Jesus Christ. Behold, now this is Isaiah preaching, but Isaiah's lost in this. Now, as Isaiah speaks, the Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry out or raise His voice, nor make His voice heard in the street. A bruised reed He will not break, and a dimly burning wick He will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not be disheartened or crushed until He has established justice in the earth. And the coastlands will wait expectantly for His law. And then we read on down in verse number 6, the Lord is now speaking to the Lord Jesus. I am the Lord, I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you. I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations. That's what the Lord Jesus is. What did the Lord say? I am the light of the world. And what did He come and do? To open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from dungeons, and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. I am the Lord, And that is My name, and I will not give My glory to another, nor praise to graven images. And now we pick up in verse 9, which leads us to our focus tonight will be verses 10 through 13. So the Lord says, Behold, this is God speaking now. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things. Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing His praise from the end of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you islands and those who dwell on them, let the wilderness and its cities lift up their voices, the settlements where Keter inhabits. Let the inhabitants of Selah sing aloud. Let them shout for joy from the tops of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare His praise in the coastlands. The Lord will go forth like a warrior. He will arouse His zeal like a man of war. He will utter a shout. Yes, He will raise a war cry. He will prevail against His enemies. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of Your Word. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher. And If you have the outline there in front of you, if you didn't get a copy, they're back here at the back. Some of you may not have gotten it, but if you don't, you can slip back there and get it. What we have here is a picture of the future. Isaiah is calling already for a new song to be sung. There will be a new song sung, a a global experience of worship by all of creation given to God who makes all things new in Jesus Christ. This is a call to worship because of what Jesus Christ the servant does, my friends. There are three observations I'll give you tonight on this. And we'll spend a little time here look up some verses and think about it together. What we're doing is we're thinking about the most important, the most glorious one in all of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything we have. What are we here to do? To be followers of Jesus. To commit ourselves to be like Him. To follow Jesus. To learn His ways and to understand Him. So, We have all of these wonderful places uh, where we find the Lord Jesus in the Old Testament. That's what I'm doing with this group on Wednesday nights. We're moving our way through the book of Isaiah from chapter 40 all the way to the end of 66 to see these amazing promises. First of all, uh, there are many promises that point to Jesus' first coming. And you'll see them and I'll point them out as we go along that are found in the uh, New Testament. But in addition to that, we have all kinds of promises that I want you to know about, about the coming of the Lord Jesus yet to come. The Lord Jesus is coming again. He is coming physically, bodily, gloriously to this world again to finish the work that needs to be done. And we'll talk about that tonight. So how do we live our life? We live our life loving the Lord Jesus for all He's done for us and waiting expectantly for His return. That's the posture of the believer's life. That's the way we live. That's the hope and joy of our lives. So tonight, how can you not, when you've heard God Himself say, verse 9, Behold, the former things have come to pass. It's almost as if God says through Isaiah, What's done is done. What's done is done. Now that's true in your life and mine. What's done is done. I cannot go back and change the past in my life. I cannot go back and redo things that should have been another way. Behold, former things have come to pass. Now, now, today, Stuart, that's our favorite thing. Stuart, today, now, today, that's all we've got. Now, I declare new things. Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you, So this is a prediction. This is God Himself predicting and promising the coming of the Lord Jesus. But now, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to Sing His praise from the end of the earth. Look, God promises all things new in Jesus Christ. Let's think about newness again. I mentioned it last week. We just got out of Christmas and you got a new shirt. You got some new socks and underwear. I got more than enough of my share. I traded out all the old and put the new in. New things. New things. But when you're in Jesus Christ, all things are new, are they not? I just gave you again a list here. I gave you a list in this first observation on your sheet. Believers in Jesus Christ are new creatures in Christ. So most of us who are in this room, we've met each other and know each other as saved people. We've met each other and know each other as new creatures in Christ, but once you were not a new creature in Christ. Once you lived in your sins. Once you lived in your wickedness. Once you lived in your ungodliness. And you, you were in darkness. Oh, may I say it? Right here it is. You were in darkness. You were prisoners in dungeons in bondage. You were blind. You could not see the truth nor understand it. But I know you as a new person in Christ. You know me as a new person in Christ, but we weren't always that. So this is the joy of knowing Jesus. We are new in Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. Many of you in this room memorize, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. That's the promise of God's Word. If you get saved and repent of your sin and believe in the Lord Jesus, you become a new person. You're changed from the inside out. Believers in Jesus are, uh, also have a new self. I, I love what Ephesians 4.24 says. Let me just read it to you for the sake of time. And, and some of you may have it memorized. It may be a verse you've memorized. Paul says, put on the new self. The new self. Put on the new self. You remember what the old self was like? Oh, selfish. Selfish. Uh, uh, Always demanding respect, always wanting this for self. Self in the center. The old self. We have put on the new self, Paul says, which is in likeness of God. Listen, the new self is created in righteousness and the holiness of truth. So what do we do? We lay aside falsehood. We speak the truth to each other, to our neighbor. We're members of one another. We don't get angry and sin. We don't let the sun go down our anger. We don't give the devil an opportunity. I'm just reading through Ephesians. We don't steal anymore, but we work in order to give to somebody else. Now what about that for a new self? The old self works for myself, and I'm not going to share it with anybody. The new self says, I'm going to work and give it to everybody else. We don't let any unwholesome word proceed out of our mouth, but only words that are good for edification. We talk and we speak in such a way to encourage people rather than to allow our words to beat and destroy people. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by which you were sealed with redemption. And Paul goes on. Believers in Christ are new creatures. I'm glad to be looking at new creatures tonight. And I'm glad you can look at one here. Believers in Jesus Christ are a new self in the likeness of God. And I've given you here a third This is an amazing thing, but believers in Christ are new because the Holy Spirit fills us with the fruit of the Spirit. We have the newness of of God and the image of God because of the Holy Spirit's work, and our lives don't underestimate the work of the Lord in your life, of the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Believers in Jesus live by a new command. Love one another. And believers in Jesus Christ have access to God in a new way. And I neglected to put on here one that's very famous. Romans 12. Renewing your mind is something you can do every day. Renew your mind. Present your body a living sacrifice. Remember Romans 12, 1 and 2? You ought to jot it in the notes up there. Look it up sometime. How do I stay new? How do I stay new as a Christian? Well, I have to renew myself. I have to renew my. I have to get in the Word of God. I have to read it for myself. I have to pray. I have to spend time with the Lord. I have to think about myself. Look at myself. I was reading with the uh, pastors today. We were, I, I uh, every once in a while I like poetry, and so I was reading them some George Herbert poetry. George Herbert, fifteen ninety three. That's a long time ago, back in the Shakespeare days. But he has a line. uh, Salute yourself in the morning and see what's in your chest. In other words, look yourself over. Greet yourself in the morning and say, what kind of condition are you in, Mike Miller? So when you look at that mirror, some of you are in love with yourself looking in that mirror. Others of you shy away from it. I like to do it with the light off, just barely enough light to see. It's scary to look at it with a full light on. But there when you, when you salute yourself in the morning, what condition are you in? Well, I can tell you this, if you don't renew yourself by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, you're going to be a backslidden Christian. And you're going to be miserable again, and everybody else is going to know it too, by the way. Believers in Jesus Christ are new people who live in newness every day, who experience renewal in their spirit all the time. Look, so I go through a hard patch in my life. Good. I have the ability to be renewed in that hard patch in that difficult time. Believers in Jesus Christ trust in the God who promises. I gave it to you here, uh, Revelation 21. What does God say? The end of the book of Revelation. Behold, I am making all things new. That's the promise of God. If you're a believer in here, new relationships. Oh, that relationship shot. It can never be good again. Not if you get right with God and you go try to make things right. You can have a new relationship with people in a broken relationship. You see, the world says it can't be fixed. The Gospel says anything can be fixed. You're a new person in Christ. I'm going to get going here tonight if you all just keep... Don't, Don't do too much of that, Terry. It just starts to get going. That's all right. Number two, sing to the Lord a new song. Isaiah now calls all of creation. It's the call of Isaiah. All of creation now called to think about the future. All of the earth will one day... Look, this is something to look forward to. I want to really try to make something of this tonight and really help paint this picture a little bit for you. Well, boy... If I, could get, if I could get believers in this church as uh, intensely focused on the coming of the Lord Jesus as they are the snow-calypse on Monday, we'd be different people. Amen. Now I got it out of my craw. Man, have I listened to that. What in the world? It's going to snow. Does everybody know it's snow? It's all oh, It's all good. It'll be all right. You got enough eggs. You got enough bread. Just relax. Just watch it snow. Watch it snow. Oh, the news. It's trumpeting the snow. We're listening to it. We're worried about it. We're troubled. And the Word of God says, Sing to the Lord. Notice, I'm telling you new things. So you sing a new song. When you're new in Christ, you don't sing the old songs. That's why some of that old singing and that old music when you were an unbeliever doesn't fit anymore. You try to sometimes play it again. It's just the old songs aren't like the new songs. Because the new songs are spirit songs. They're Holy Spirit songs. They lift your heart. They bring you... Sing to the Lord. Sing to Yahweh. Remember when your letters are all in uppercase, Yahweh. Sing to Yahweh. That is the Lord, His personal, glorious, eternal name. Sing to the eternal God a new song. Sing His praise from the end of the earth. Now. I want you to see something here, but I want to connect you to something else about singing and worship. And I want to have you just keep your mark your place there in Isaiah 42 and let's talk about Isaiah 45, 23 for a moment. Just go over there. Isaiah 45, 23. So we'll come to this in more detail later. But we have something here that I want you to see. I have sworn by Myself, God says, the word has gone forth from My mouth in righteousness and will not turn back, that to Me every knee will bow, every tongue will swear allegiance. Have you ever heard that anywhere else in your Bible? Philippians chapter 2. The Lord Jesus who humbled Himself and became a servant. Remember? Remember? He died on the cross for us. And then we read, let me just go over and ask you, you don't have to unless you have fast fingers. Let me just get to it quick and just read it to you. You know it. Philippians chapter 2, have this attitude in you. This is Philippians 2:5. Have this attitude in you which was also in Christ Jesus. He existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But He emptied Himself, taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the cross. For this reason, God highly exalted Him, bestowed on Him the name which is above every name. Now, read your Bible carefully. Some of you should see this in your Bible with... uh, in my Bible, when you have an Old Testament reference show up, it has it all in uppercase letters. So that at the name of Jesus, here it is, every knee will bow. What's Paul quoting? What I just read to you from Isaiah 45. Every knee will bow. Every godless, wicked ruler who's ever lived. Every Every sinner who hates God, every atheist, every pagan, every believer, every knee will bow, those in heaven, every angel, every glorified saint, on earth and under the earth, in hell, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's going to be a real event and I'm living. And I cannot wait to see that happen. you got to use your mind now. you got to remember that the Bible's not just talking about some hopeful things here. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing His praise from the ends of the earth. You see, there's going to be a day of universal, global, eternal worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of both godless... And God-fearing, all of creation now groans, but one day will be set free. Hallelujah. It'll be a new day when the Lord makes a new heaven and a new earth. Everything is new connected to Jesus. Why would I not bow and surrender to Him? Well, now the whole world will sing a new song of salvation. I've given you some wonderful verses here. Psalm 40. 1-3, through I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me out of the pit of destruction. Is that what happened to you when you got saved? did to me. I was in the pit. Out of the miry clay. Was that you? I couldn't get out. And He set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. Look at this. He put a new song. He doesn't give you a new song until He saves you. God does not give you a new song until He saves you. He put a new song in my mouth. You know all of a sudden now I want to sing about Jesus. Not sing about misery and pain and silliness. He put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. You have it there. Revelation chapter 5, they sang a new song. There's a new song being sung in heaven. Worthy are you singing this to the Lord Jesus. Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood for every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Revelation 12.10 Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, he who accuses them before our God day and night. The whole world, the whole, here's the prophecy, it's going to take place. It's coming in the glorious future. We'll experience experience it. The whole world will sing His praise, the salvation of the Lord, and also sing praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I've given some other things here, under B here. Psalm 22, All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will worship before you. Not just portions of the families of the earth, all the world. Isaiah 63, nations will come to your light. This is talking about the Lord Jesus when He reigns in Jerusalem on the earth. Nations will come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. The wealth of the nations will come to you. Jeremiah 3.17 At that time, you see this this is a time, this is an event in the future. This isn't just some picture about heaven. Some try to say, well, you know, these are just pictures of heaven. No, this is a time and an event that will happen in Jerusalem. Yet to come. At that time, they will call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord, and all the nations will be gathered to it, to Jerusalem, for the name of the Lord. Nor will they walk any more after the stubbornness of their evil heart. What kind of a day will that be? Micah 5:4. He will arise and shepherd his flock, the Lord Jesus. He's talking about the Lord Jesus. He will arise and shepherd His flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord, His God. They will remain because at that time, He will be great to the ends of the earth. All of creation around the world will sing praise. Notice the language here. Uh, Let's just see. Sing praise to the Lord, you who go down to the ship, to the sea, and all that is in it. That is you, people doing business on the sea. So, not only those going on the sea, but all that's in the sea. You islands and those who dwell in them. The actual island itself. Let the wilderness and its cities lift up their voices. The settlements where Keter inhabits. You have this picture of all of these. uh, Keter is a a phrase for Ishmael's children. And so this place of the wilderness where the children of Ishmael Settled in Keter, and Selah is the children of Persia. So it's all the nations, just giving a glimpse here. Let them all, those who go to the mountains and live in the mountains, and the mountains themselves, and those who live on the coastlands, let the trees clap their hands. You know, you've heard those things, we've talked about them from Psalms. There is this glorious experience that God has with all of the created order, Let them give glory to the Lord. When the Lord Jesus stood on the boat and calmed, He spoke to created order. Wind, stop. Waters, oceans, seas, be calm. He spoke. Bread, be made. And made. And made. And made. What else do we need to see? Let them give glory to the Lord and declare His praises. I ask you tonight, do you do that? If you're saved, you do that. You see, praising God is not something you have to try to work your way up to. If you're saved and you know that you're a new person in Christ, you praise God. It comes out of you. It doesn't come out in the same way. Uh, I mean, I, I have envy every week up here. And I have envy on Sundays. I can't sing like Jeff and all these people. I wish I could. Pat has to go in the other room when I try to sing, but it's just... I can't do it. But I try. So you speak praise. You sing praise. It's in your heart. It lifts your spirit. My friends, there's coming a global celebration of praise and all... All will sing a new song. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. But I move quickly to one to a topic we could have spent the entire night on. Now, this is wonderful. Now, the Lord will go forth like a warrior. You've never thought about God like a warrior, have you? The Lord will go forth like a warrior, a warrior, and then look at the last phrase, of verse 13, He will prevail against His enemies. You know, you know God has enemies. God has a real enemy. Uh, modern man has tried to dismiss it and laugh at us who believe still in a devil, in a fallen angel whom we've declared as Satan, whom the Lord Jesus called the God of this world. He an enemy. Uh, what does Hebrews say? Some of you have read the Bible a long time. Not all things have yet been put under His feet. Now we're talking about when everything gets put under His feet. You see, in the Song of Moses, after that amazing, and some of you were with me, you know, back in the old days, I don't even know when we studied the book of Exodus. I can't even remember. Patty, I've been eating a lot of tuna fish, but I still can't remember when we did it. But it was a long time ago. If you go back in your Bible to Exodus 15, you see, after the sea was divided and all of those dead Egyptians were laying everywhere on the beach, the greatest army of the world was all destroyed. They were all scattered. All that Israel did was walk across. Yes, sir. And then all of those uh, sophisticated soldiers with their most modern technology of the day, they're all dead everywhere. And what happens in Exodus 15? Moses breaks into song. And he says, I just read a few verses. Exodus 15, I will sing to the Lord for He is highly exalted. The horse and its rider He has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will extol him. Are you ready for this? The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is a, lo- is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Man, that's good. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ's death and resurrection defeated the power of the devil. But there's something else you must read with me. Isaiah 66. This theme of God as warrior to finish the battle that's still raging on this earth. Yes, sin has been handled. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Yes, the Lord said it was finished, but there's still still a battle to be done, finished up. There's cleanup operations, got to be taken care of. Now we read in Isaiah, chapter number 66. Verse 14. Now, this is coming in the future. This is about the second coming of the Lord Jesus. You either believe this or you don't. You either believe it or you don't. So, in my old age, I talk to everybody about it, and they can think I'm nuts and out of my mind, crazy, old man, whatever. Jesus is coming again, and it's going to be a literal event. Then you will see this and your heart will be glad and your bones will flourish like the new grass. And the hand of the Lord will be made known to His servants, but He will be indignant toward His enemies. For behold, the Lord will come in fire and His chariots like the whirlwind to render His anger with fury and His rebuke with flames of fire. For the Lord will execute judgment by fire, and by His sword on all flesh. And those slain by the Lord will be many. And We read in Revelation 19. I have it on your paper. I saw heaven opened. In fact, let's just go in our Bibles to Revelation 19. You've got to get the full dose here as we finish up. This is worth it. This is the way to end Bible study. On Wednesday night before the snow ellipse comes and takes us all away. Oh, the snow ellipse. What will we do? What will we eat? Where will we stay? Never seen anything like it. And I saw heaven opened, and behold a white horse. And he who sat on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, He judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on His head are many crowns. And He has a name written on Him which no one knows except Himself. There's a mystery to this one. There's a mystery. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and His name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven Clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of, please, these words are important, dear friends. Look at this adjective, look at these words fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And on His robe and on His thigh He has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Then the angel called for the birds to come for the great supper of God so that you may eat the flesh of kings, commanders, mighty men, horses, those who sit on them, the flesh of all men, both free men, slaves, small and great. And I saw the beast and kings of the earth and their armies assemble to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. It's coming. It will happen in world history. And then what happens? The beast is seized. The false prophet is seized. And they're thrown in to the lake of fire. And then of course, the devil will be dealt with in the next chapter. Chapter 20. I finish with these words from Zephaniah 3.17. I didn't get them in your notes, but you should jot it down. You can read it and think about it. Meditate on it some on your own. Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exult over you with joy. He will be quiet in His love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. You see our warrior king, the Lord Jesus Christ. Not coming on a donkey, is He? No. He's coming and it will be a dreadful time when the fierce wrath of God comes upon the earth. And finally, all things will be put under His feet. Because as we read tonight, here's the great promise. Look, whatever you're dealing with, remember this. Are you ready for the good news? He will prevail against His enemies. Does that matter to anybody in here? If He's going to prevail, guess what? So are you, if you're in Christ. Well, Now we go to our hymn for the day. Hymn for the week. Some of you are new. I I like to read hymns to this group. We don't sing them. Josh isn't going to get back up with his guitar, thank God, because it would be, well, you'd sing beautifully, but the leaders would be, the leader would be pitiful. Susanna Harrison, 1752. Behold, he comes, the Savior comes, dressed in his bright array. Awake ye saints and burst your tombs and view the glorious day. He comes attended from on high with thousands through the skies. His glory shines, and every eye shall see Him with surprise. Lo, in the clouds the judge descends with His illustrious train. He severs sinners from His friends and dooms to endless pain. He comes to make His justice known, to vindicate His word. The guilty view Him on His throne and wail before the Lord. Till now they never sought His face nor wept for sin before. Oh, how tremendous is their case! They weep to laugh no more. Once they despised His glorious name and said it naught His worth, but now they feel with bitter shame His fierce vindictive wrath. They now behold the saints rejoice and mount above the skies. These praise the Lamb with cheerful voice and triumph as they rise. Yes, and my soul shall bear her part in their melodious song. My Savior's grace shall tune my heart. His love inspire my tongue. Man, that's good, isn't it? Why isn't that in the Baptist hymnal? I don't know. All right, I need some men to help me here. If you didn't get a copy of this from last week, I want to give these to you as a a gift. If you didn't get one, please don't be embarrassed. Just raise your hand. We're, We're giving these out and I want to make sure that if you weren't here, we give you a copy of it. And here's what you do with it. Just raise your hand, they'll give it to you. So when you take it, it is a list of all the titles, many of the titles of the Lord Jesus, from the Bible. And it even gives you all the scriptures. Keep your hand up if you didn't, back it back. It gives you the, the scriptures that go with describing the Lord Jesus. And what I do in my prayer life, I'm just telling you, this is a tool I use in my own prayer life. I use it all the time. You know when you tell the Lord Jesus, how glorious He is, when you praise Him, I promise you, you're drawing near to Him, I promise you folks, He will draw near to you. He will draw near. He will draw near. So, uh, use that as uh, as an aid in your praying. Lord Jesus, Christ, Son of God, Savior of the world, King of kings, Lord of lords, Heavenly Father, we honor the Lord Jesus. We pray that You might help us to be obedient, faithful followers. May people see Jesus in us. Light this church on fire that we might share the gospel, disciple people, and point people to the skies where Jesus is coming. You have won the battles. Forgive us when we fight the battle that You've already won. And we call for You to come and clean up and finish the great task of finally putting the devil and death out of reach forever. And we look forward to the new heaven and the new earth. And we pray, come Lord Jesus. Amen.